can you succeed in raising your children to have unshakable faith in Jesus Christ, especially when the odds seem to be stacked so high against you? Our children are bombarded with images and messages every day that contradict the teachings of Jesus. And as parents, it's easy for us to feel outmanned and outgunned in our battle to shape their hearts and minds into committed followers of Christ. But the victory is ours for the taking. God has given us everything we need to equip our children for the life He's called them to. So join us today as we engage in the crucial conversations that will help you discover and apply the tools you need to raise your kids with unshakable faith in Jesus. And now, welcome to Unshakable Faith. Well, hello everyone. I'm Dr. Steve Hubler. And I'm Melissa Hubler. And I'm Amy Sun. And we are your hosts for today's broadcast of Unshakable Faith, a weekly radio and podcast ministry of Legacy Family Ministries. Now, if you'd like to get to know us a little better, you can look us up at LegacyFamilyMinistries.com. That's LegacyFamilyMinistries.com. Now, today's episode is titled, Why Am I Here?, now, Melissa, Amy, and I would like to extend a very special welcome to all of you, and thank you for joining us today, because we have another very powerful tool to share with you for the training and instruction of your children as you teach them to follow Jesus. We have another leveraged truth from God's Word to share with you, that is, one simple truth from Scripture that will have an enormous shaping influence on how your kids will respond to a whole range of significant issues that they're facing in our culture today. Now, that biblical truth is going to reveal something your children must know and understand about themselves, because if they know it, if this truth is written on their hearts and written on their minds, they will be inoculated against the false narrative that is constantly fed to them by the world about why they are here and what is the purpose of their life. So make sure you stay with us for the full half hour, because I guarantee you won't want to miss it. You are listening to Unshakable Faith from Legacy Family Ministries. Visit our website at unshakablepodcast.com to find our resource library, which is stocked full of free tools for parents just like you so that you can develop an unshakable faith in your children. That's unshakablepodcast.com. We are a listener-supported nonprofit ministry. To support Legacy, text GIVE to 602-878-7814. Thanks, Melissa. Well, let's get started by taking a look at this leveraged truth from God's Word I said we were going to talk about today. That is, this one simple truth from God's Word revealing some fact about ourselves that will direct how we respond to a whole range of issues that we're facing in our culture today. Now, we find this truth is revealed in three different verses I want to hit today. The first one is Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. The second one is Psalm 139, 13, and then Ephesians 2, 10. Let's look at the the one in Jeremiah first. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Then Psalm 139, 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. And Ephesians 2, 10, always a favorite of mine. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, the word before is three times in those three verses. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. (laughs) So it just tells us that we're no surprise to God. You know, who we are, when we came about, it's not a surprise to him. He knew it even before. And I think it's so fascinating you chose these three verses because they're written in three different times in history by three different uh, men, where there was a prophet, a king, and an apostle, and yet they were in complete agreement on this one topic, mm-hmm. that God created us 
before he knew us um, and designed us with a purpose. Yep. Yeah, the world is going to offer you all kinds of lies that speak the opposite. Um, I think ones most often that people hear or think or feel is that I am insignificant. I don't have any value. Others are more important than me. We diminish ourselves very, very quickly because it's easy to listen to that lie. But listening to God's truth, it takes some faith to believe what God has to say about us. But I love the Jeremiah 1 verse. There's some very specific things there that God is saying. He says, I formed you. I knew you. I sanctified you and I ordained you. Mm -hmm. And that truth will very quickly defeat the lies if we put them together. God formed me, so I'm not a mistake. God knew me, so I am not insignificant. God sanctified me, so I have purpose. And God ordained me, so I have a calling. Mm-hmm. Wow. You just stole all my thunder, all <laughs> my notes right there. Close us now. Like you were peeking over my shoulder. Yeah, well <laughs> said. Here's the thing. When we look in the mirror, or more importantly for our kids, when they look in the mirror, What they need to see is someone who was specifically and intentionally created by God Mm. to be who they are and how they are, and that they have an eternally significant God-given purpose. Those are the things that I want to wade into today. But those verses are so clear, like you Mm -hmm. said. You know, the, the I formed you, I knew you, I sanctified you, I ordained you. Ephesians two ten. We have we have good things that God ordained for us to do before we were ever born, before the world even had its foundations. And it, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> no, Psalm one hundred three thirteen says, "As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him, for He knows how we are formed." Mm-hmm. And then I love in the Psalm one thirty nine. I like to crochet, so. The NIV version says he knit me together in my mother's womb. So I've always connected with that because, you know, hand crafting, it takes intention. It takes, you know, have to learn how to do it. There's effort. There's beauty in it. And I, so I always think of God knitting together babies that way uh, with intention, with design, with creativity um, and with value. So that's what that verse has always spoken to me about um, how he's made people to have purpose and, and identity. I'm glad you identify with the whole knitting thing. <laughs> I know yeah. you took, you said a different version that took that <laughs> word out. <laughs> well, and in talking about that, last last week we were talking about being image bearers of God, but you see that he put himself into us and it was very unique and it was very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good things that we can do with that, but let's just continue to unpack it as we go then. So why is it so important for our kids to understand this? I mean, what part of the the worldly narrative, the secular narrative, will they be inoculated from if they have this truth from God's word that's written on their hearts and minds, that they were specifically and intentionally created by God to be who they are and how they are? What are they going to be inoculated against? Well, the first thing that immediately comes to my mind would be suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. that I have no value. So if you know that God created you in his image with a purpose, with a specific design, that you're special— that immediately contradicts the lies that the devil is going to tell you that you have no value, no purpose, no in- intention, that there's no calling on your life. Mm-hmm. So those two go in direct contrast with each other. And with the suicide rates being so low these days down to the fourth grade level, it's those are 10-year-olds. It's, they're too young to be thinking through that in such a negative way. But the world is bombarding them through commercials, through television shows, through gaming, through what other people are saying to them all the time. And so this this negativity is constantly coming into their minds. And they believe it. And they have to be able to stand against it and contradict it. So how do you do that? By knowing who God made you to be. 
by knowing what he says about you, that immediately inoculates you from that. Yeah, you know, you used the V word in there, value. And that's the one that I really want to drill into. And this this whole idea of inherent value. Because if you step outside of Scripture and uh, you start buying into the world's narrative, you know, the one that was sh- literally shoved down my throat when, when I was in college, that was a whole evolutionary system, right? Darwinian evolution. Uh, basically, that means that you, you know, when you look in the mirror, instead of seeing this this work of art that God intentionally and specifically created that has all all of these benefits and all these blessings with it, basically you're looking at a grab bag of physical attributes that, you know, you're like a six billion and one chance combination of DNA and time and blah, 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 and then you're just there. So there, there's no inherent value that comes out of that. None. Mm. There, there's no basis for it. Any value that you have, you have to create for yourself based on your looks or what you can do or, you know, um, how well you speak or I mean, a thousand other things. There, there's, there's no inherent value like there is if you understand that, you know, you, like you said, Amy, you were knit together in your mother's womb. It was done with purpose. It was done with forethought. Yeah. Well, value exists on multiple different levels. You know, when I look at my wedding ring, it has value. It has value because it costs money and I can sell it and I can make money on it if I wanted to. But it has an inherent value there that is much, much deeper than money involved. I place a value on my ring because it was a gift to me from you, Steve. And it represents that love and that unity of our marriage. Um, And so as a result of that value, I wear it all day long, every day. I rarely take it off. Um, But every person also has a deep value because we bear the image of God. We are the physical representations of his love, his peace, his joy, his beauty, his compassion, his creativity. And because we represent our creator, we have value. We have that very deep intrinsic value. And God wants us to be on display because we are a display of his beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it flashes back to our conversation last week about being image bearers of God. Amy, you had a look on your face like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, I was just thinking how beautiful <laughs> that was, that God wants us to be on display. Mm. Like just your wording, I don't know, just spoke to my heart right then. And why wouldn't he want us just to, to, to be on display? Because if he's placed his image in us, he's placed, and, and we have value because of that, then when he puts that on display, it glorifies him. But if we take all that away and say, no, this just happened over you know millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of years, then... Where, where do you go with that? I mean, I've heard the arguments. Believe me, I, I used to argue this stuff in college all the time. It's like, well, you have to be strong. It's like, well, no, you have to be brain dead almost. I don't know. That was probably mean. But uh, <laughs> it's not about strength to, to, to carve something out of nothing and say it's you. That's determined, but I wouldn't call it strength. Yeah, James 1, 17 through 18, 17 and 18, I love it. It says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He, of his own will, he brought us forth with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Mm-hmm. We are something that is, that's good and it's beautiful and we have his value that's been placed in us. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Unshakable Faith. We are talking today about why we're here and the purpose of life. Legacy Family Ministries is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry. To support Legacy, text GIVE to 602 
Thanks, Melissa. Well, let's take a look at uh, another issue our children are going to have to grapple with as they grow towards maturity in this whole um, conversation that we're, we're having here, and that is the issue of purpose. And that's not going to be something that's going to be delayed until they're trying to figure out what their career is going to be. Our kids start wondering what their purpose in life is when they're still fairly young. And Amy, you hit on this a little bit already when you were talking about the suicide rates. But kids are asking the question, why am I here? Well, and that question should really be a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. When kids are young, they should be looking at the world around them and saying, "What? why am I here? What, do, what part do I get to play in God's creation and his design and his role for me? But instead, it's being turned into a terrifying question, and kids don't have the answers to it. And so that is leading to very high suicide rates at very young ages. Yeah, and, and I think you hit on something when you said it's a terrifying question because really, if if your kids have never been told that they're specifically and intentionally created by God with beauty and purpose and all that kind of stuff that we were just talking about, if they don't have that, then it is a terrifying question because you're looking at a world that, from from their perspective, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Most of these kids are have not known a country. Well, they haven't lived in a country that uh, that was not at war until very recently, and now we're heading back that direction. But, uh, you know, there's there's no rhyme or reason about the messages that are coming off of the television and through social media. Uh, most of it is depressing. Most of it is divisive. And, uh, and they're supposed to decide then, well, you know, I'm, I have this, I have this special purpose that is X, Y, or Z. And there's nothing to base it on. Yeah, we've got... Um, if you look at scripture, Ephesians 2.10 says, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created with something in mind. You know, when God created us, it was that he said, oh, I know exactly what I want you to do in my kingdom. And he wrote that into us. And so kids don't need to sit and go, I have nothing. I have no value. I have no purpose. Everything is just scary around me. They can look and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to know about about what you call me. Mm-hmm. And if we can teach our kids to be listening to the voice of God, then it takes away all of that fear because now they've got purpose. They've got the authority of God, God's hand over them. They've got God's goodness that they can look to and say, I'm going to walk into this and I know that I can't lose because I'm following the steps that God made for me. Yep. And the true nature of God is his creative. He is abundant. He's loving. Jeremiah nine twenty four says that his uh, loving kindness, justice, and righteousness, is, that's what he delights in, are those characteristics. So if I'm made in the image or in the nature of God, then he has a purpose for my life just based on his characteristics of his nature, of who he is. I mean, simply just looking at the one of loving, if we get that full like understanding and revelation of how much God loves us, you can't help but start to see the purpose he has for you, mm-hmm. that he has a plan for you, that he, he designed you because he wanted relationship with you. That's the ultimate purpose that we have is that relationship with him, that communication with him to, to be the friend of God, uh, to still have that fear of God, but friend of God that works side by side with each other. Yeah. I think it's it's key as we're as we're thinking through this and walking through this stuff in our own minds first and then with our kids to understand the way the relationship plays out. You know, we started with these verses that's very, very clear. There, there's forethought in us. There's purpose that's built into us. You know, God, like you said, knit us together in our mother's wombs. You know, that's the starting point. But uh, he did it in a certain way. So 
Amy, Melissa, you know, me, we all have different gifts that God has given us. We have different spiritual gifts. We look different. We have different temperaments. Um, we've accumulated different experiences that God uses different ways in our life. Um, there are two different genders represented in the room, <laughs> not 100, just two. And, uh, and you know, we have, then, then there's this whole um, salad bowl of passions that we have. You know, I have more than one passion in my life. There is a predominant passion that God's given me that I pursue. And then there's others that kind of feed into that and kind of build into it. And you could say the same thing for you guys. And if we laid them all out on the table, it might look a little hodgepodge at first. But if we started pressing in and saying, God, what do you want me to, what do you want to show me about all of this stuff? You know, just starting with me, not looking at, you know, the other two people in the room here, but just starting with yourself and saying, what do you want me to see about this? What do you want me to do with it? Then I think if, if we pressed into it long enough and like our kids do as they grow, as they, as they discover this stuff and as they start to process it, then you can start to see a calling emerge. I mean, I had completely different ideas about what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be a doctor. I was 100% down the road. You know, that was my major in college and everything and, until, you know, God got a hold of things. But it's, if you had told me I was going to have the ministry that I have now, I would have laughed in your face. But the thing is, is it's, it's not something that I decided or said, hey, that would be a good thing or I can find purpose in that. It bubbled up out of me. The man that I was growing up into, it just kept bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. And finally, I, I just said, okay, I've got this calling. And then, you know, out of the calling is born this purpose. And then because the calling takes shape, it starts to grow legs and put feet on it and put hands to it and all that kind of stuff. And that's the process that we want our kids to walk through. Because really, outside of that, if if you're growing up and living in a, in a pure, truly Darwinian evolutionary system, then you have to invent your calling. You have to invent your purpose. And then you have to spend your entire life justifying it. Mm. You see that with so many people hopping around job to job. They just don't have a purpose. But when you stop and take a look at what God has to say, ask him and mm-hmm. even ask him for a revelation of his love for you. Like, Lord, show me how much you love me today and then watch for it and see what he says. That's a that's a really good first step in trying to discern this and understand what is his purpose for you and what uh, what is that calling well, and knowing, too, that your vocation is different than your identity. It's different than what your purpose is. Yes. You can take your identity into any vocation, and it is yours. And when you leave that vocation, you take your identity with you. It's it, You are not defined by what you do. Your calling and your purpose and the thing that God has put in you, you can do anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure we could think of some great examples of that, people that we know. I know very godly men that have gone into the police department. You know, their their calling was to do a certain thing a certain way, and they're expressing that identity that God has given them in that particular context. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was a little bit different. I get, In some cases, it, it was easier, I guess, because I ended up in vocational ministry. So it's really easy to connect vocation and calling and purpose. It's very clear. It may not be clear if you're a lawyer or if you're a, a full-time mom. Well, even with that, though, you started as a pastor, and you're not a pastor anymore. Right. Um, so your vocation of pastor was not your identity. Right. Your identity was that of of a warrior who is moving into other people areas and drawing people to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very tiring sometimes. 
<laughs> so I think about my son, who's a senior in high school, and we're talking through all of these things. So how can I better have these conversations with him, not just looking forward to a job down the road and how to make money, how to survive, but what is God's calling on your life? What is his purpose? And then how can you use that in any vocation that you might put your hands to kind of changes how like the I'm just thinking through the conversations we've had recently and how I could do that differently right because it's not just about go get a job but who who does God call you to be and how do you take that into that job and see the really cool thing is and this is my opinion um I don't know maybe you agree with it maybe you don't maybe your experience is different but I'm thinking that I guess my expectation is I look at my teenagers and as they're growing up, you know, uh, Amy, you were talking about your son going through this process. This looks like fun to me mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of like finding where's Waldo. You know, you got all these options out there, but where's Waldo? You know, boom, he's right there. It's like, no, how has God created you? He, it, you're no accident. The way that you're put together, your passions, that they're discovering all these things, that's beautiful and fun and cool. And in my opinion, it's so much better than having to, to, to yank it out of the ether somewhere, to, to create it all, to conjure it up, say, okay, well, this is going to be my purpose, and then spend your whole life trying to live up to that and live into it. That sounds exhausting to me. Mm. And I don't want my kids to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, We've got a few minutes remaining, so I want to touch on just one final issue that becomes very important for our kids in their preteen and teenage years, and that's this whole idea, idea, I'm sorry, I can't speak anymore, it's this whole issue of self-image and self-esteem. So how do you think that knowing that they were intentionally created with a specific makeup and a specific purpose that has eternal significance is going to impact their self-esteem being versus being just a product of evolutionary? Well, if you listen to, as I was thinking through the different voices that might um, come into your minds, so listen to the difference between this. Uh, this voice of, you're too fat, you're too skinny, why can't you be more like your sister, you're just not good enough. Okay, that voice mm-hmm. versus, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't just love you, he likes you too. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> listen to the difference. If you have one voice versus the other in your head, that's going to totally change the outcome of your day or even the outcome of your life. So it's important to have the right narrative that is going into our minds because that does, it does form our self-esteem. It mm-hmm. forms how we view ourselves. Um, if you can look in the mirror, it's very hard to do, but it's a good practical exercise to look in the mirror and speak truth to yourself out loud. So look in yourself in the eyes and say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. You're beautiful. You're good looking. I, I like to say I'm smart, I'm wise, and I'm good looking. <laughs> when I look in the mirror, <laughs> it changes your self-esteem, which gives you, puts you on a different direction for the day, but then for the future as well. Well, and when you can say those things and know this is what God says about me. Right. So I'm not making it up. I'm not saying things that aren't true, hoping that I'll eventually believe it. You're actually saying things that God has said is true. And if you need to just repeat scripture, just open the Bible and read Psalm 139 to yourself, because that's what that whole chapter is all about. It's about what God thinks about you, what he sees when he looks at you. But most importantly, have the door closed when you do this. Because <laughs> it's going to feel really awkward. It will feel weird. <laughs> you might not even be able to look yourself in the eyes at first. 
But over time, it changes and you're able to stand more confidently and speak more confidently because it's God's truth that you are speaking to yourself and God's truth always changes us. And you need to hear it and your kids need to hear it. They need to know you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knit you together and he made you beautiful. Plus, I'm all about practical application. So this is a very practical way to practice this. It is very much. So here's the thing. If we can instill in our children a firm, heartfelt belief that they were specifically and intentionally created by God to be who they are and how they are, then we can solidify in them a a sense of inherent value, healthy biblical self-esteem, and a valuable sense of purpose for their life. And that is worth solid gold. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Unshakable Faith, a ministry of Legacy Family Ministries. This broadcast is supported 100% by generous financial donors who listen to our program. Please consider joining us now with a gift of just $1 a day. Your gift of just $30 a month will help ensure that Unshakable Faith remains on the air to equip and encourage families just like yours. Just text the word GIVE to 602-878-7814, or you can give on our website at unshakablepodcast.com. That's text the word GIVE to 602-TRUST14 or on our website at unshakablepodcast.com. And remember, with Legacy, you can be a pro at raising kids with unshakable faith.